word says you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you, Lord, that even if we were to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with us. We thank you for seeing that when those three Hebrew boys were put into that furnace, you showed up. <laughs> you showed up. We thank you. Church, I can tell you we have nothing to fear. We serve a good God. We might not know what tomorrow looks like or what tomorrow's going to bring, but I can tell you this, he's going to be with you. He's going to be walking with you. He's going to be walking ahead of you. He's a good shepherd. He goes before his flock, and he lays down his life for his flock. Amen? Amen. Why don't you have a seat? I'll tell you what, it looks good to be <laughs> in here and see some faces. Um, I pray, and I, I would ask if you can agree with me, that um, I never have to do services in front of a camera to an empty room ever again. Amen? That was uh, no bueno. <laughs> now, going outside doing services, that is probably going to happen again. Um, I enjoy that. Amen? Amen. But uh, being in this room where it's empty and cold and uh, just looking at a camera... I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not too afraid of too many things. And I'm not saying that to be trying to be macho or like I'm scared to death of the dentist. Um, and being in front of a camera, I absolutely, I want nothing to do with it. I, I cannot stand it. Um, you would say, when well, you get up in front of, yeah, I know it doesn't make sense, but I do not like it. So if we can uh, all pray and agree that we don't have to go back into that thing again, and, and I have a pretty good idea, we probably won't. Amen? Um, I don't know. We'll just leave that there. Praise the Lord. Um, we're going to get into the passage of Matthew chapter 8. Um, should I play with this a little bit? Move it? Try that. Is that better? That sounds better, huh? Hallelujah. Someone measure my chin to... No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, Matthew chapter 8, 5 through 13. We will be getting into Revelation. I haven't figured out yet... Um, I'm really trying to wrestle with, I want to teach Revelations, and um, I've been wanting it, and we were planning on doing it in the men's um, Bible study at some point, but I want to just be there. Um, I want it to be to where everyone can see it, but I don't know how long we're going to do that. So I'm trying to wrestle with that. In the meantime, I did feel like the Lord wanted me to, to finish off um, probably this week on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and this is coming down the mountain. We can't just leave Jesus on the mountain, right? We've got to come down the mountain, see how he handles some things when he comes down the mountain. And that's what we're going to do um, today. Last week, or week before, was when Jesus was coming down the mountain, he instantly came in contact with a leper, right? The leper came running, bowed down before him. And Jesus had the audacity, <laughs> he had the audacity to reach out and touch a leper. He violated the rules, he broke all the rules, and he touched a leper, which would make him ceremonially unclean, but instead of him becoming unclean, it made the leper clean. That's pretty awesome. Jesus always has that ability to flip it, right? Now, now Jesus being Jesus, he just can't help himself, right? He's just still coming down the mountain. He gets down the mountain. The first town he gets to, um, we, we, we're in our passage of Matthew chapter 8, 5 through 13. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. 
Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles, now Gentiles are a different people group than Jews, will come from all over the world, from east and from west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home. Because you believed, it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Thank you, Lord, for your word. The title of today's message is when Jesus was blown away. When Jesus was blown away. Now, I don't know about you, but that really made me like, I want to blow him away, right? I don't, I don't know if I have. I've, I think I've blown him away probably in the past on some stupid things I've done. <laughs> I, I think some of my angels were like, can I get a new assignment? <laughs> but I want to blow the Lord away with some like, where he stops everything and goes, did you see my boy? This is one of those moments where Jesus is blown away, and it's not your traditional person you would think would blow him away. I want to give you a little introduction. Remember two weeks ago when I shared about the, the, the leper, pious Jews, which means very religious, very religious Jews would pray every single day. They would literally, and you, some of you remember this when we went through our Sermon on the Mount on marriage, they would literally pray and say, thank you, Lord, Every morning I that I have not been, I wasn't born a leper. Thank you, Lord. I wasn't born a, a, a woman. And thank you, Lord. I wasn't born a Gentile. Man, that's some jacked up stuff. This is this was the mindset. A Roman centurion was probably the worst of the Gentiles. Now, a tax collector was the worst of a Jew, but a Roman centurion is the worst of the Gentiles because what Rome represents is empowerment over the Jews, and the centurions are the, the person of authority that enforces it. Jews hated them. Hated them. They're imposing their force on them. And everything they represent, you just got to love Jesus, right? First thing he does after he preaches his message out in the, the Sermon on the Mount, he's coming down the hill. Oh, there's a leper. Be healed. First, in, first the next, next thing you hear in Matthew is Jesus returned to, from Capernaum to Capernaum. A Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Look at this man's heart. Lord. My servant lies in bed, paralyzed in terrible pain. Listen to what Jesus says. He, did, he didn't even, he didn't like, oh, shoot. What are we going to do here? 
He says, I'll come and heal him. People are tripping. They're like, no, you didn't. Could you imagine being one of Jesus' disciples? And you see this in there. If you, if you study scripture very much, they're constantly telling him, like, you're doing this wrong. When he's wanting to go to, to, to Samaria to heal the woman at the well, to see her, and to, they're like, we don't go that way. We don't go through Samaria. We go around Samaria. Like, dude, you're jacking this up. Like, you don't touch lepers, Jesus. You're breaking some rules. You're breaking the law. Remember that song? <laughs> I remember that song. Jesus was breaking the law. Here he goes again. The Roman centurion was probably the worst Gentile in the eyes of the Jews, making matters worse. He came to pray for one of the most despised people groups, the slaves. The most despised of all the people groups to the Jews were the slaves. Now, slaves weren't just of one background. Rome, when they conquered a people and they conquered everybody, they took every people group they conquered and they made slaves out of them, or they put them in the military. They, I mean, they just, there was a, that was a very big thing in that culture, and they were the least of the least. And you, you could work and earn your way out, that's a whole other deal. But I want you to get the picture. The worst of the people that the Jews had any care for was a Roman centurion. And who, he's, who is he coming to ask Jesus to pray for, to heal? His slave or servant that he had in his household. I want you to look at the heart of this man. Point one, the centurion says, just say the word. He tells Jesus, just say the word. I don't know if you understand, but in that culture, a centurion does not have to come humbly to a Jew. A centurion has the force of Rome behind him and a centurion is very used to giving orders. It's what they do. You say, do this, and it gets done. If it doesn't get done, off with your head. It's a very good motivator. <laughs> do this, or we put you on a cross and crucify you. When centurions speak, people jump, right? This is, this is not, you don't argue with the centurions. You argue with the centurions, you die. They're not just. There's a reason why the Jews hate them. The centurion could have demanded Jesus to come to his home and heal his servant. He could have just sent a letter, hey, go take this to Jesus. Tell him to be here at this time. How many of you pray like that? Yeah, my hand's up. I've prayed like that. I know your word. This is what you're supposed to do. And we think he's like a jack-in-the-box where we go, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
He humbled himself, and he called Jesus Lord. He came up, and people were probably moving out the way. And he humbled himself, and he said, Lord, would you please come? Would you, would you please, don't even ask him to come. Would you just please heal my servant? He didn't forecast his prayer and tell Jesus how he expected it done. This is what I need. This is what I want you to do. And this is how fast I need it. And I know it's just me. (laughs) I'm the only one in here that does that. He didn't tell Jesus how he expected it done. He didn't even feel worthy to have Jesus come into his home. Jesus was willing. He's like, hey, I'm going to come. He said, Lord, I'm not willing to have you come into my home. That humble of heart, not even, I'm not even willing to have you come to my home. Like, would you please? Not demanding. Not, there's an attitude of heart that is so right with this centurion. And sometimes we get it wrong because we think we're somebody, right? Like the Jews. We're God's people. I know your word. And since there's sometimes there's outsiders, people, we, we don't even, they're not even in the kingdom, but they see Jesus and they humble themselves and they, they don't dare ask or demand anything. They just, we, what happened to that? We need that. He fully understood, I, I, I'm running through this because you guys, I got to do clock back there. So it, it's a countdown clock and I asked for it. So praise the Lord. I got 22 minutes and three seconds. Now, relax. It doesn't mean I'm going to follow it all the time. (laughs) However, I'm shooting for that. Amen? Amen. He fully understood authority. This is a big thing. For us who who don't really understand authority, you're going to have a lot of problems in your life. I I got that medal. I got the reward. um, Stupid... People that do stupid things get stupid prizes. I got a bunch of those stupid prizes. And it barely was based around authority. Not submitting to it. This individual who understood authority thoroughly. He used the illustration. He said, just say the word. Point one. Just say the word. He said, I am a man. The first thing he said was the most important. I am a man who is under authority. If you're not under authority, you're in trouble. We can't be a Christian and not be in submission to authority. I mean, you can, but it won't go well. If there's one thing that the Lord don't play, he don't play with that one. Like, he skips recess. Some of you will get that later. If he skips recess, it means he didn't play. (laughs) He don't mess around with that. You're not submitting. You're not under his authority. You're not submitting to authority that he's placed. You're in trouble. You can ask, but you better go back and fix some things. Amen? This man says, I'm a man under authority, and I am a person that also has authority. He understood how authority worked. He said, when I tell one of my servants or I tell one of my soldiers to go, they go. He said, Jesus, I don't need you to come to my home. I don't need you. I don't need to tell you how to do any of this. I understand authority. All you have to do is just say the word. Church, there is authority and power in the word of God. There's authority and power in Jesus' words. 
You've heard me say through the Sermon on the Mount many times, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what I say. It really matters what he says. Because his words carry authority. Amen? This Roman centurion understood that. He understood the power of a word given with authority backing it. See, there's a difference of like someone says, hey, check it out. I'm going to come whoop your tail and I'm going to beat your dog and I'm going to. You ever heard the term, don't let your, what is it? Alligator mouth overread your hummingbird rear end. How many have seen that before? You're like, yeah, okay. Now, when you have someone who speaks something like, hey, check it out. If you don't take care of it, I'm going to come whoop your tail like your dad. Like when you're a kid, they got all the authority, right? And they got the force to be able to do it. You pay attention to that, right? You're like, yes, sir. He understood the word, the power of a word given with authority behind it. Jesus, just say the word. How many, we need to be like that church. We need, to, we need to quit telling him how to do it and just humbly submit ourselves and say, Jesus, would you please? Lord, Lord, help. Sometimes just a help. That heart and attitude blew him away. Church, it blew him away. He stops everything and is like, I have not seen in all Israel faith like I see in this man. Oh, that's a testimony, right? If I ever heard one. I have not seen in all Israel. He says, I have not seen in all my people who are looking for me to come, who are prophesied throughout the years that I'm going to come. I haven't seen any faith. It would be like me saying, I haven't seen any faith in the church. Like I see seen from someone who's outside the church. Is that an indictment? Jesus isn't talking nice. I got to roll. Point two. Many from all over the world will be in the kingdom. Many from all over the world will be in the kingdom. And just so you know, this was this message was done Monday, and it was really not having to do with what it, it may sound like, but it sure fits. I knew I was going to be doing this a few weeks back. Roman officers and servants were despised. Now listen to what Jesus does. He breaks through all the racial barriers, religious standards, social standings, and meets the man's needs. He broke through all of it. He broke through all of it. I mean, every single obstacle that you could put up in front of, like, you don't go to them. He's like, and so you need me to come to your house. <laughs> like, you don't step foot in a Gentile's home as a Jew. Like, that's bad juju. That's no. That's breaking the law, breaking the law. Like, it's bad. Jesus is volunteering. Here, woman, I need to come to your house and heal your servant. He breaks through all of that stuff. He violates the, the Jewish law. 
Jesus fearlessly, fearlessly went through all of those barriers. He went through all of them. Fearlessly. Can we do that? I don't know. If you're honest, I don't know if I can do it fearlessly. But I know this, if Jesus did it, and we're called to be Christ-like, little, little Christians, then we better. Now, I can't tell you it's going to be fearlessly, but I can tell you we can do it, right? We can do it. The more you do it, the less fear there'll be. Amen? I'm preaching better than you're hearing. <laughs> I might use that one again. I like that. He went through every wall, every obstacle. And he didn't just like, he didn't just knock on them and just like, hey, what do you think? I do this sometimes as a leader, and this isn't bad leadership. I put people in a room together, our leaders, say, hey, what do you guys think? Like, get different. Jesus didn't ask any of the disciples. He didn't huddle up and say, all right, guys, like, so I know like this social standing here and, you know, this is a centurion and this really probably wasn't going to, could affect my ministry going forward. He was like Kool-Aid man going through the wall. <laughs> right? He did. He just blew him up. That was a good one, huh? Jesus was no respecter of artificial, hear me. He was no respecter of artificial man-made divisions. He was no respecter of artificial, man-made divisions. He was no respecter of artificial, man-made divisions. Amen. Really what that means is they are all artificial and man-made. Because they didn't come from him. Amen? Amen. The religious Jews overlooked the prophecies that all people of all races would be in the kingdom. Isaiah 25, 6 through 9, if you can put that up. This is so, the, the, the Jews missed so much. They missed, which tells us we can miss so much. Isaiah 25, 6 through 9. In Jerusalem, listen who it is, the Lord of heaven's armies. That, I mean, that is a title of titles. I love that one. The Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. Now, let me tell you where, when that is and where. That's millennial reign, baby. That is good stuff. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. There he will remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears he will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and people. The Lord has spoken. Yeah. In that day, the people will proclaim, this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Who's the we? Who are these people? The people from all over the world. It says, let us rejoice in the salvation he brings. There is no other salvation. There is no other hope outside of him. 
There's no other answers. The government ain't going to fix it. How many of you figure that out? The government ain't going to fix it. They can't fix it. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is king. Everything must bow before him. And guess what? Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess all things of heaven, all things of the earth, and all things below the earth that Jesus is Lord. Isaiah 56, 6 through 8. I didn't just cherry pick. I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him and love his name, who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest, and who hold fast to my covenant. I will bring them. Who is he speaking of? Gentiles, the foreigners is who he started with, right? I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem, and I will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices, because my temple will be called a house of prayer for who? All All nations, for the sovereign Lord, who brings back the outcasts of Israel, says, I will bring others too, besides my people Israel. This is Old Testament. This is Isaiah preaching to his people, and they're missing it. They're still saying, Lord, I thank you that I was not born a leper. I thank you that I'm not born a woman. I thank you that I was born a Jew. Point three. It might happen. (laughs) Point three. Might. I didn't promise nothing. (laughs) Because you believed. Point three, focus on, Jesus said, because you believed. See, this was the reason his servant's being healed, because he believed. It didn't matter what family he was born into. That didn't play into it. It wasn't, well, since you're a good Jew, don't we, don't we try to, not that we come with our race, but, but we try to be good. Like, we try to come to Jesus with, like, Lord, I've been a good boy. Like, would you heal this or would you do that? I've been good. Or we try to tell God, like, he doesn't know. Like, well, this person is a really good person, Lord. Like, would you heal them? Because this person's a scumbag. I don't want you to heal them. Like, we have to, like, he's a just judge. He's a loving God. He don't need our help a whole lot. How many of you realize that? Like, whether I show up to work or not, his job's going to get done. Ain't none of us more important than than anyone else. Like, he doesn't need us. I'm so grateful he wants to use us, and he has a plan for each one of us that'll blow your mind. And we are so valuable to him. But the moment we start thinking this world's revolving around us, (laughs) you're in trouble. And great was that fall. Amen? I don't care who you are. That fall's coming. Whack. Face plant. Bloody lip and nose. How many's experienced that? Yeah, the world's revolving around me. Pretty soon you realize, you know, <laughs> it's still spinning. And I'm stuck like Chuck. Amen? Didn't matter what family he was born into. Didn't matter what organization he belonged to. Woo, yep, we're going there. Didn't matter he wasn't a Pharisee. Or he wasn't a Sadducee. Or he wasn't an assembly of God. Or he wasn't four square. 
or he wasn't whatever title you want to put on it. None of that matters. Jesus didn't say, here's your qualifier because you got the four squares on the door. Because you believed. Because you believed. That's what gets his attention. And I'm not against those organizations. And I'm not against ours. I think it's a pretty darn good one. I believe Jesus is our Savior, right? Do you believe that? I believe Jesus is a baptizer. He still wants to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. You believe that? You're in the right place. Jesus is our healer. He still heals. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? He's our healer. And he is our coming king. And church, it is soon. It is soon. That's what we believe. If you believe with that, you're in the right spot. If you don't believe that, you're in the right spot. Let's major on the majors. We have the ability, church. I have the ability to call someone brother, even if they don't believe that you're supposed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you still believe Jesus is king? Do you believe God is three in one? Do you believe he's coming soon? All right, those are big ones. We're good. Right? We're going to be in heaven with a lot of people who don't believe exactly the same way that you did. Or do. And it ain't going to matter. Major on the majors. Minor on the minors. We have the ability to do it. Youth can do it. I watched young people for many years come together. Didn't matter what the name was on the church. Mattered that they loved Jesus. They taught me a lot. And there's a powerful, woo, thank you, Holy Spirit. There is a powerful anointing in unity. There's a powerful anointing in unity. There's certain anointings I've only ever seen in my life when people were united. Now, why do you think the enemy wants to keep people divided? Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates unity. He wants to divide. You know what God hates? Disunity. He says, I hate people who sow discord amongst my brothers. That's God's word. He hates it. Shout now. Well, that wasn't in my notes. Praise the Lord. It didn't matter what Bible school he went to or if he didn't. You don't bring those qualifications to him and say, well, I took all these classes and Lord, you're going to have to follow what I'm asking because, you know, I have a degree. Uh, No, do you believe? What did matter was belief in the person of Jesus Christ and his word and authority. That's what does matter. Your belief in the person of Jesus Christ and his word and his authority. John 6, 28, 29, the disciples and the people, they they tell Jesus, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? We want to perform, how many would say that? We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? They expected this huge answer. Jesus tells them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe. That's all God wants from you. Believe. That's all he wants from you. Believe, trust him with all of your heart. Trust him. Believe his words. Many of the religious who should be in the kingdom will be excluded because of their lack of faith. If you listen to the, if you read this passage of scripture, you're going to see that Jesus very plainly says, those who thought and think you're coming, you might not be. All those Jews that thought they were the pious, religious, righteous Jews said, you're going to probably be where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Many of the religious who should be in the kingdom will be excluded because of their lack of faith, because they don't believe. I remember, I remember the Lord telling me very plainly, I asked the Lord, Lord, how come we aren't seeing these things in the church? And not this one, but it would work here too. It's the truth. It, it fits all shapes and sizes. How come we're not seeing these things? And he, he, I'll never forget, I was shaving. He said, because they don't believe. Because they don't believe. We need to be real careful. Church, hear me. We need to be really careful not to be so set in our religious habits that we expect God to work only in our comfortable ways. We need to be really careful not to be so set in our religious habits that we expect God to work only in our comfortable ways. Newsflash, it's about to get uncomfortable. Amen. Newsflash, <laughs> it's about to be uncomfortable. The days of thinking like the American church especially, the, the rest of the churches around the world, they don't think this. They know like it's been uncomfortable. Like we trust him with all of our heart. We believe or we die. Like we believe or we don't get fed. Like we believe or off with our head. Now, I'm not doom and glooming you, but just hear me. Our days of being comfortable, like, and you thinking, well, you know, this pretty little picture of, oh, well, God, you know, he just, he just wants to come and bless me. And, and I'm just praying that I'm going to get a new car and that really good parking spot. You know, I like to park right by the, stop it. <laughs> now, now, hear me. If you want to pray for a parking spot, that's okay. But also understand, like, There's a lot of things we could be praying about. Like being concerned about that parking spot, if that's your world, you know, problem, oh my Lord. You got to get used to being uncomfortable because I don't know about you, but since I started following him, he hasn't been a whole lot concerned about my being comfortable. I have been. I don't like that. But I don't want to do that. How the heck am I going to do that? I've never done that before. Follow me. Sometimes he's like, I know, for about 30 seconds. <laughs> and he's like, moving. So you coming? <laughs> I don't have time, but I'm going to just, I'm going to highlight this. In, in the book of Acts, chapter 10, um, Acts chapter 10 is Cornelius' conversion. Here, here's, here's another centurion, Cornelius, despised. God has to radically tell Peter, like Peter goes up on the roof, he's about ready to eat. Peter's up on this roof of this house. God gives, puts him in a trance, has to put him in a trance, and this blanket comes down from heaven, and it's pulled up by four corners, and all of these unclean animals that the law says... Don't touch, don't eat. Comes down from heaven. And God tells him, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter does what any good Jew will do. No, Lord, those are unclean. Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, those are unclean. Did you find it funny there's three times? Peter, kill and eat. Do not say what I have called clean, unclean. 
Long story short, about that time, Cornelius' servants show up and tell Peter, um, our, our master told us that you know, he had a dream, a vision, you're supposed to come. He comes. If Peter doesn't come, Cornelius' household does not get saved. He, only shows, he not only shows up, as he's speaking and sharing what God has done, they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. God broke the rules again. They didn't get water baptized first. Like, that can't happen. Jesus, don't you know the order? <laughs> right? So Peter goes, well, brothers, like, they got baptized just like we did. Can anyone see why we shouldn't baptize them in water now? What do you say to that? Like, you're not going to be the guy. Well, it didn't happen right. No, let's dunk them. Right? Let's get this done. Let's, let's get these people baptized. I'm closing. I'm, I'm only like a few seconds behind. <laughs> Do not limit God by your comfortable mindset. And now I'm taking another step. Don't limit God by your comfortable mindset and lack of faith. This really speaks to me. I can limit God by my comfortable mindset. I'm not comfortable with that. Uh, that might stretch me out. That, I don't know if I want, and, and yet he still does with me. And you're talking to someone who God told one of the first times I got to like take a group, not in this church, in a different church on a Wednesday, the Lord says, I want you to, to um, throw out some scripture, ask people if they believe it, and then take, tell them to go out and start and do it. I'm like, okay. And he goes, and by the way, I want you to take, take some folks and go to the bar and pray for people in the bar. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to go great. First time this pastor leaves me in charge and I'm sending people out there and I'm going to the bar and I'm supposed to take people with me. Here we go. Yes, he still says things to me that make me uncomfortable. He still asks me to do things. I go, oh, I don't know. Do not. In this day and age, church, we, see, we are, he is coming. He is coming. And he's coming for a bride that is bright and shining and full of power and authority that knows who she is. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, and this bride has a job right now to bring some peace to this earth, to intercede, because there's some principalities and some powers that are on a course to rip this world in pieces. Now, we have, an, we have the ability to intercede, to take ground through prayer to intercede, to pray for one another, to be light to this dark earth. We get to do that. And it is a glorious job. It's a beautiful thing. People get to see hope and joy and love in us. But don't let, don't limit God by your comfortable mindset and lack of faith. Now it's time to repent. Can, can you put some music on? I didn't as you can tell, I didn't prepare anybody. Um, and if you need to be dismissed, you are dismissed. If you want to be like me and stick around and, and pray and repent for a little bit, you can do that. The altars are going to be open. Um, what, what are we repenting for? I would say we need to repent for the, every opportunity and time that because of our not being comfortable, we haven't listened to him. Every single time when, when he has spoken things to us 
that we were in fear and didn't believe. We need to repent. Whatever the Holy Spirit touches your area, but, but the two things I felt very strongly are my comfortableness. It needs to be laid on an altar. It needs to be consumed. My lack of faith needs to be consumed. Amen? Comfortableness, we need to bind it. In the name of Jesus, I bind my being comfortable, if that being what's important. Lord, teach us, teach me to be comfortable being uncomfortable. For such a time as this, we are in the kingdom. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are with us everywhere we go. Your rod and your staff comfort us. Lord, forgive me for my lack of faith and trust. Forgive me for fear. Fear be bound in the mighty name of Jesus. Courage, rise up. Strength, rise up in your bride in the mighty name of Jesus. Courage, rise up in the mighty name of Jesus. Boldness, rise up in the mighty name of Jesus. Fear, be broken and bow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for being our example. You were very comfortable being uncomfortable. We thank you, Lord, that if it was just being comfortable that led you, you definitely wouldn't have went to the cross. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters around the world, Lord, who are, who are suffering persecution right now. There's many, many Christians around the world, Lord, who are in jails and chains, being tortured. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you build up their faith, build up their hope. Lord, boldness would just rise up in them, Lord, that they would not bow. They'd be like the three Hebrew boys that said, Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, I'll never bow. Whether this furnace or whether you kill me or not is not important. I know my God is with me. I know that he's with me. I know that you never leave me nor forsake me. There's so many people crying out like, where are you at, Lord? I, Lord, I pray, God, that your comforting Holy Spirit would just begin right now to wrap your arms around them. They would feel your presence. Lord, we do repent. Lord, set our hearts on fire. Set our minds on fire. Consume everything that's not of you in my heart and in my mind. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be dismissed.